beloved of God, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Friends, welcome to worship at Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or visiting with us for the very first time, we welcome you. We give thanks for your presence among us today. Friends, this is not how we had hoped to be worshiping with you this day, and yet, and yet we give thanks that we serve a God and we follow a spirit who can move us and move through us and within us no matter how we are gathered. And so today we continue to give thanks for that same spirit who accompanies us even now as we worship our God together. Keep in mind there is a congregational meeting immediately following this service of worship. I shouldn't say immediately because there might be a brief gap. We are scheduled to come together at 11.45 a.m. over Zoom. If you received our church email, that will, the Zoom link will be in that email that accompanied your worship information for today. So if you just scroll down in that email, you can join us in our congregational meeting, again, that begins at 11.45 this morning after worship. Please take note of all the other announcements listed in your worship bulletin today, especially about our Bible study, our angel tree, much that is still happening in the life of our church, much, much, friends, that we have to be thankful for. And so as we come before our God with praise and thanksgiving, let us worship God together. Please join me in our responsive call to worship found in your at-home bulletin. Oh God, some of us are discouraged and long for your embrace. Wash us with your love. Some of us are weary, weighed down by the desperation of this world. Wash us with your hope. Some of us are anxious and seek refuge from chaotic lives. Wash us with your peace. Some of us are restless, yearning for renewal and transformation. Wash us with your grace. However, we come into your presence. Pour out your spirit upon us. Let us come to the waters of baptism. Let us worship God. Please join us singing or meditating on hymn number 475, Come Thou Font of Every Blessing. Making decisions is hard. Making decisions in the middle of a pandemic is very hard. But for the next three minutes, you do not need to make any decisions. For the next three minutes, we are invited to 
loosen our grip, to let go, to listen to God's call, and to remember that no matter what we decide or what we do, God loves us. So let us trust in the merciful waters of our God and confess our sins using the prayer of confession that you find in your bulletin, followed by a time for silent confession. God of grace, you claim us as beloved children and call us to follow you, but we do not always live out this calling. We stifle the gifts you have given us rather than using them for your glory. We sidestep opportunities to offer kindness rather than showing love to our neighbors. We pretend we can do nothing to further justice in our world and shy away from taking risks for the sake of the gospel. Forgive us, Lord. Wash us again in the waters of baptism and transform us by your grace so that our words may further righteousness and our deeds by pleasing in your sight. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, who offers us new life. Hear the good news of the gospel. As a voice from heaven said to Jesus, so God says to each of us, you are my beloved child, and with you I am well pleased. Give thanks to God, and by the Spirit's power, let us share this good gospel news near and far. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen. As forgiven people, let us share the peace of Christ with one another, folks you might be with at home, also folks afar. You can say the peace of Christ with one another as we have done in these past couple of months. The peace of Christ be with you and also with you. Let us share with one another the peace of Christ. Peace be As water splashed across our face awakens us in the morning, may your word awaken us to your presence. Prepare our hearts, O God, to accept your words. Silence in us any voices but your own so that we may hear your gentle promptings and be guided to the waters to bathe in your goodness, wash in your wisdom, and be refreshed by your grace. Amen. Our Old Testament reading today comes from the 29th Psalm. Please join me in our responsive reading of the Psalm. Together, let us listen for the word of God. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders, the Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. 
The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the forest bare, and in his temple all say, Glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, young friends and young at heart friends. I'm curious if you remember your baptism. Some of you were probably baptized right in this sanctuary here. In fact, I know some of you were baptized in this sanctuary here. Likely from this font, we gathered around with your friends and family. We prayed God's blessing upon you, and we anointed your head with the waters of baptism and said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We did it with this water, and we welcomed you into Christ's church. We haven't had a baptism here in a while, but that doesn't mean that we forget anything about our baptism. In fact, one of the things we do a lot is we say, remember your baptism. We do that anytime we gather around this font. We say, remember your baptism as we lift up this water and place it upon someone's head. But not many of us, some of us do, but a lot of us don't remember our actual baptism. And, to, and that's okay. Today we're reading about Jesus' baptism. And the thing that's most important for us to remember is that Jesus was baptized just like us. And Jesus, Jesus was immersed in the water, which means he went fully under the water. And the waters of baptism were upon Jesus just as they were upon each of us. And in Jesus' baptism, God gave Jesus a new name, which is the same name that God gives to us when we are baptized, and that name is Beloved of God. You in these waters of baptism are reminded that you are Beloved of God. And that, my friends, is the most important name that we are given in baptism, Beloved of God. When your parents or grandparents or whoever it is present you for baptism or when you come to baptism on your own, we asked you, what is your name? And it was given to us, but then we said, child of the covenant, you have been marked as Christ's own forever and you forever will be called beloved of God. Because it's in these waters, friends, no matter who we are, no matter where we've come from, whether we came to this font on our own or were brought here in our parents' arms, God has always said in these waters and will always say in these waters, you are beloved of God. And so whether or not you remember your own baptism, you can be reminded of it today in our story about Jesus' baptism. And most of all, you can always remember that because of these waters, you are loved by God, beloved of God. That means God loves you so much. God always has and God always will. And that is a gift that we can rest in every day. And especially when we're reminded, remember your baptism. Let's offer a prayer together. You may repeat after me. God, we thank you for the waters of baptism where you called us beloved forever. Help us to share that love with all the world. Amen. Let us remember our baptism, friends, and be thankful.
Our gospel reading this morning comes from the gospel of Luke, chapter 3, verses 15 through 17 and 21 through 22. Listen for the word of the Lord. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my child. The beloved, with you I am well pleased. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together again. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us this day. Melt us, mold us, fill us and use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us, and to that end, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Rumor had it that a new prophet was making his way through the hill country, preaching up a storm. They said his name was John. They said he sure looked the part, had acted the part, dressed like something out of the wilderness itself. Locusts in his beard, fire in his eyes, a heart built for justice and words that were never minced. The lines were long that day by the river, but you could hear him calling, Next! from a good distance away. And every time he'd holler off on the distance, you could see another person wade out into the water with him. Immersed in the water that would wash them clean and mark them as God's own forever. Next! And then he'd call again. Next! The text reminds us that the people were filled with expectation. Hearts were full of questions, all wondering if this here finally was the Messiah they'd been waiting for. The one who would save them, the one who would save Israel, the one who had been promised all those centuries ago. Was he here? Was this him? Next! The prophet called Now John, this prophet, he did what John always did since the foundations of his story in his mother's womb. John pointed, John always pointed away from himself to prepare the way for another. The one who, as John described, was more powerful than he. The one who would baptize them not just with water, but with the Spirit and with fire. The one who made even this prophet John feel extremely unworthy. Next, he kept calling. 
But who is this one to whom John points? The people wondered as they waited in line for baptism. Will we recognize him when he arrives? Will he be everything the prophets have said and more? Can God be trusted to deliver on this promise? Next. For several chapters now in the Gospel according to Luke, we have been building toward this critical moment. This moment when the one who would prepare the way steps into the background, and the one who was to come steps center stage. Next! For pages and for weeks now, we've heard all about the parents of John the Baptist and of Jesus, We've heard about the births of John the Baptist and Jesus, the many visitors who attended John's naming and Jesus' birth. It's clear that up until this point, Luke definitely knows how to tell a good story. And so today, today we obviously expect a similar amount of fanfare and beautiful writing from Luke because it's Jesus' baptism, after all. The point at which his ministry begins, the time when John fades into the background and Jesus' star begins to rise, the promise we've been waiting for, when the one who is to come is no longer coming, but is here. Cue the angels, cue the choirs, let the fanfare begin. But there's none of it. Now, sure, we will get the heavens opening, the Spirit descending like a dove. We will get this heavenly voice, all of which are extremely important. But none of which we're sure anyone else heard at all. And the baptism itself was nothing. Not much to it at all in this gospel writing. All all we get is now when all the people had been baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized. And that's it. That's the summary of Jesus' baptism from Luke. Jesus was baptized with all the people. Next! Next, the prophet is still calling. After all, Jesus wasn't the first in line that day. And he wasn't the last. Next. Now, I know I'm not the first person to ask the question, but why on earth does Luke, who is so eloquent a writer, why does he do this? I mean, he's going to take up the next half of chapter 3 just writing every name in Jesus' genealogy. Why wouldn't he include more details about this baptism? Isn't a baptism a really big deal? Next! I don't like anybody to call me and say, Next, Fred Craddock begins his story. I have a name, after all. I'm different than others. And I tried to get that clear in my head when I was invited to preach at Riverside Church in New York City some years ago. William Sloan Coffin Jr. was the pastor, and he said, you know, can you come up and fill the pulpit? I have to be away. So I said I'd come. It was a summer, I was free, and he said, well, you can stay in my apartment, it's near the church, and then you can get breakfast at the church on Sunday morning. There's always breakfast at the church on Sunday morning. I thought, great, I'll eat with the church staff, I'll find out where I'm to sit, stand, and who does this and that during the service. It will be a great orientation. So I grabbed my robe, I walked to the church, And when I got there, there was a line of men down the side of the building, around the corner, over 200 people. So I got in line. Next. I went to the little window, and and I got a scoop of egg, a sausage patty, a biscuit, a cup of coffee. Next. Next, I found a table. 
and I found a place across from a man at the table, and it was clear he'd seen better days. He still had links in his cuffs, worn and dirty though they were. We ate. And finally I said to him, where are you from? And he said, well, here and Albany. I asked, what did you do in Albany? I was a stockbroker. Was doing well, too, but the bottle got me. Lost my job, my house, my family, my marriage, everything. So, so here I am. My daughter said I could live with her as long as I stayed sober. She didn't want to raise her kids around a drunk old man, after all. And I was sober for four or five weeks. And then I couldn't do it, so I'm back here. And he asked, well, where are you from? I said, well, I'm from Georgia. Oh, what do you do? I'm a preacher. <laughs> he laughed and said, the bottle gets all of us, doesn't it? And when he said that to me, Craddock says, I wanted to get up, slam my fist on to the table, get everyone's attention, stand on the table even if I had to, and say, listen up, everyone. I am Dr. Fred B. Craddock, the distinguished professor of New Testament and preaching at Candler School of Theology, Emory University. And in a few minutes... I'll be preaching in one of the great pulpits in America, and you'll be back on the street. I'm not like you. But I didn't say that. Because it would not have been true. You can be at the peak of your earning power, or you can put your head in the post office window and ask, are the checks going to be late again this month? And there's a sense that it is all the same. The invitation into the kingdom of God is quite simple. A voice says, Next! Could that be what Luke is trying to tell us with his bare-bones account of Jesus' baptism? No matter who or what we are ultimately in God's kingdom, we're in the same line. Next, the prophet calls. Next. There's no telling who was in line with Jesus that day. No telling who stood beside the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, chatting him up like a next-door neighbor. So, where are you from? I'm from Nazareth. Oh, nice! My cousin is from Nazareth. What brings you here today? Well, um, I'm the one who was promised. Okay, cool. Uh, I don't really know what that means, but I'm going to be heading toward Nazareth after this, so maybe we could walk together. Have you heard about this John guy? The one, he's the one calling people. He's the one who's getting a little annoying with his next over and over. He's calling people out. He got off to a rough start with that brood of vipers bit, but, you know, maybe he's the real deal. He says he's not the Messiah. I don't know if I believe him, but, but just in case... I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for someone who seems greater or more powerful than him. Let me know if you see anyone who might match that description. Yeah, I've been having a rough time lately. Thought I'd come hear what he had to say. You're here to get baptized too, huh? Yes. Yes, I am. Next. They hear John call. Were these baptismal waters a thing of our world and not God's, we would never all be in the same line. The line to reach the river would have ropes delineating between first, second, and third class, 
And there would be an entirely separate line that you could pay more to cut to the front, like a Disney fast pass. The best spot in line would go to the highest bidder, and those in fine clothes and with fine company would be ushered to the front. But this line, this same line Jesus got in, this line reminds us that in the kingdom of God, all are welcome. Robert Brearley put it well when he noted that Jesus simply got in line with everyone who had been broken by the wear and tear of this selfish world and had all but given up on themselves and their God. Which is to say that Jesus got in line with each of us. When the line of downtrodden and sin-sick people formed in hopes of new beginnings through a return to God, Jesus joined them. At his baptism, he identified with the damaged and broken people who needed God. Jesus got in the same line with all of them and with all of us, and he was baptized. And because Jesus got in line with those sinners and was baptized with them, he was claimed by God and given a new name, and that name is given to us in the same waters. Beloved of God. And I know you've probably heard me call you Beloved Church or beloved of God more than once, but I want you to know that I don't call you that because it is what I have concocted on my own. I call you that because sometimes we need to be reminded of what we've forgotten and what God has known all along. Sometimes we need to be reminded of the deep well of mystery and meaning that lies under the surface of the water in a couple brief words in the Gospel of Luke. It turns out we don't need any more detail than what Luke provides. Because the good news of this baptism today is that the one who was to come, the promised one, he was standing in line next to you all along reminding you that you are God's beloved. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done. And as Barbara Brown Taylor puts it, whether we were carried in our mother's arms or arrived under our own steam to the font, we got into the river of life with Jesus and all his flawed kin, and there is not a chance we will be mistaken for one of them, because we are them. Thanks be to God, as they are us, Christ's own forever. Next, the prophet calls. Next, yes, you, beloved of God. Next, yes, you too, Christ's own forever. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we have heard the word proclaimed for us this day, a voice shouting out, next. We join our voices together as a beloved church and sing the hymn, Open Now Thy Gates of Beauty, as it is printed in your bulletin.
please join me as we affirm our faith through the words of the Apostles' Creed. As we seek to follow Christ in this world, let us state what we believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From then shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We gather together near and far and a long line that stretches back to ancient Israel as we lift up our prayers before God, faithfully giving all that we have. Let us pray. God, whose silence is as mystifying as the moon, yet whose presence is as constant as a heartbeat, we come before you in body and spirit to give our prayers to you this day. We are thrust in the throes of a transition, moving from Christmas to baptism, from excitement of expectation to stillness of presence. Yet throughout, there maintains your call to openness. We give thanks for the ways you have opened our eyes to your light amidst darkness. We celebrate when you open our souls to your transformation and to your healing. We hold on to the warmth of you opening the heavens and your grace descending like a beautiful snowfall. From Advent, Christmas, and now into baptism, we praise your continued epiphany, the revelation of your loving way in the world. Christ, who was born like us, who was baptized like us, who lived like us, hear our prayers for help and wholeness this day. God, this pandemic is hard to live through, and this new wave of Omicron is sweeping many of us off of our feet. So we pray that you provide more tests, that you allow breathing in our chests, that you create avenues for our worries and stress to be expressed fully. Like each wave before, we hold on to your hope and support. So in our time of need, hear our prayer. And God, we remember the anniversary of the insurrection at our Capitol building this week, a year ago. We feel anger. We hide shame. We throw our hands up, not sure what to do. Yet in our humility, point us on a path of democracy. Foster an ethic that lifts people up instead of dehumanizing them. Guide us to be citizens that struggle to do your will, not just co-opt your name. Spirit of the living God, be as real to us this week as you were on that day by the Jordan River thousands of years ago. Walk with us when we pass through overwhelming waters. Be our balm when we stand facing glowing licks of fire. Reverberate your voice off the walls of saints in the lines past until we can hear the shout of glory in the stillness of winter. And through the power of your advocacy, 
May we know the baptism blessing that we yearn for in the innermost places of our being. That we are your child, your beloved, with whom you are well pleased. We pray all this in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Please join your voice with those near and far as we sing the final hymn, Baptized in Water, as it is found in your bulletin. prophet calls next. Friends, as we go out from this place, may we be comforted and give thanks that our Lord stands beside us in the line leading to baptism. And may we rest in the assurance that through these waters we have been claimed as Christ's own forever and marked as beloved of God forever. As you go out from this place, friends, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, and be with those you are called to love this day and forevermore. Together we say, Amen. Thank you.